0: It's your Thursday daily delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Hope everyone's having a good day out there today. Lots to get to on today's show. Randy Johnson, gopher football beat writer for the Star Tribune, joins me here in just a little bit to talk about a team that has really been struggling. 4-0 and start, three straight losses after that. And just uh, you know, trying to figure out how to get back on track. Trying to figure out how to reframe their season. You'll hear from Thomas Rush a little bit later in the show too. Thomas Rush, defensive end for the Gopher football team, um, spoke about kind of how they can keep going this season. Kind of what what the season can mean to them now. Um, kind of how you know with with the Big Ten West pretty much out of reach. What they're playing for now. And I also asked him about the notion of momentum and thought his answer to that was interesting. So that in tandem with Randy Johnson should give us a good insight into the Gopher football team and kind of where they are at after, you know, two two sides to this season really so far. Also get into some Aaron Rodgers stuff. Can't keep his mouth shut. Can't stop talking about um, the troubles of the Packers and... You know, it's great for us. It makes for good um good stuff to talk about, it makes for fun stuff to write about, but not sure it is doing the best service to him or his teammates. So I'll get to that at the end of the show as well. First, though, what did I miss? So had some interesting thoughts about Timberwolves win over San Antonio on Wednesday. Certainly can find some positives. From 134 to 122. Uh, biggest thing is they that not only did they shoot the lights out in this game, but uh, the the ball did not get sticky as uh, as as Chris Finch likes to say. I think there was a key play it was late in the first half where it looked like Anthony Edwards was kind of holding it and dribbling it, and you know instead of shooting, it looked like Rudy Gobert encouraged him to get rid of it, went and set a screen, but then. Kind of got the ball back from him. They worked it around, got a better shot. I think it was got. It to, I think it eventually got to Carl Anthony Towns for um, a pretty close range shot that he made, and that's just that was a difference I felt like from from past games this year, where you know when they when they started to get into a little bit of a rut, the offense started to started to try to do a little bit too much hero ball. This game did not have a lot of hero ball. Thirty seven assists on fifty two. Made field goals. They shot 65% from the field, including 58.8%, 20 for 34 from three point range. Um, So obviously they were moving the ball well. Obviously they were distributing the ball well. Um, Obviously, you know, most of the starters should have felt good about their contributions. All of them had double digits in scoring. Edwards had 34. He was a plus 16 on the night, and he had 9 assists, 2 steals. Good to see him back kind of into that mode. Carl Anthony Towns, 21 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, a block. That's that's the kind of game you're going to want from Cat pretty much all year. I don't think you have to put up 30 a game, but that's the kind of game you want from him. Rudy Gobert, 10 points, 9 rebounds. Jaden McDaniels, 20 points on 8 of 9 shooting, 3 block shots. I mean... This looked like a team that was pretty tired of the way it had been playing earlier in the season and uh, they they took it out on a Spurs team that was off to a good start. Spurs started 3 and 1 this year including that win over the Wolves where they really blew them out until the very end on uh, on Monday. Another encouraging stat the Spurs had only 6 fast break points in this game. Um so Wolves definitely cleared that up definitely made a conscious effort. I think they went hand in hand with an interesting stat. They had 0 offensive rebounds they just put the total emphasis on getting back not crashing the boards not chasing that just working on getting back on defense I'm sure at some point there's going to have to be a happy medium between not giving up fast break points and you know not not getting any second chance points from offensive rebounds you're not going to shoot you know 65 percent every night you're not going to make all those threes every night and I guess that brings me to kind of the Kind of the downside. I don't feel like everything is fixed yet because the Spurs still got 122 points. Um, they still, you know, still got 14 offensive rebounds to the Wolves zero. That's not going to play well most nights, even if you are making a conscious effort to get back on defense. So some good steps forward. Um, Wolves still had to log some pretty heavy minutes to put this one away. Towns played 38, Edwards played 38, Josh uh, Jaden McDaniel's 35, um, Rudy Gobert 35. So you know, would, would like to see them put be able to put things on cruise control a little bit more. That bench was pretty short in this game. Nine players played, but Naz Reed only played five minutes. So really, it was like an eight-man rotation for most of the night. Um, I think Chris Finch really wanted to win this game, and I don't. I don't blame him. I don't think anybody played you know overly excessive minutes, but. Still, work in progress. I think they're understanding that they need to win along the way. They can't just give games away while they figure themselves out. So good to see that from that perspective. But you know, don't get the don't get the perspective. I guess that all is fixed from this one game because you're not going to shoot the lights out like that every game. You're not going to shoot 65% and score 134 points most games. Mm -hmm. Um, The stuff that led to that, the good ball movement, you know, the the good shot selection that is sustainable but the, the amount of makes is not sustainable so they need to do more in future games if they are going to keep fill, fulfilling their potential
1: take a playcation to mystic lake with 24 7 gaming the good times never have to end and you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms those that play together stay together Don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day.
0: Good to have Randy Johnson back on Daily Delivery, usually on every week during the Gophers football season. It's been a tale of two parts of the year Randy i mean this team started 4 and 0 there was national talk there was certainly big 10 west talk and now three losses in a row the most recent at penn state a game that was you know close on the scoreboard at least at halftime 17 to 10 and then um, got out of hand 45 17 was the final in in that one and you were you were out there what uh you know, how do how do you describe this loss versus you know compared to purdue compared to illinois and you know how do you, and, you how do, and, and as you think about it like how do you how do you then pull out of whatever they're in right now and, and get back on the on the right side of the win wins and losses
2: now yeah, i would say this loss was against uh you know a, a very much superior team you know penn state had it had it going pretty well once once they got it going go for starter decently on defense uh Two, three, and outs in a row, and then an interception, and you know, that the Penn State fans booing their quarterback because he's been Sean Clifford has been embattled. Now they they have the number one recruit in the nation, uh, uh, Drew Aller, behind him, and everybody likes that, likes the backup quarterback when the yes. starter. But yeah, then then once Penn State Penn State got the offense and found the tight ends and found the weaknesses in the Gophers defense, uh, they just kept it rolling. Um, Gophers been an interesting end in of the first half when uh, Ethan Caliac Manis drove him down. Uh, for a touchdown with uh, 32 seconds left, got it to 17-10. Gophers get the ball, uh, start the third quarter. Don't do much with it right away. Uh, it gets to 24-10, uh, uh, but then they're driving. They got it at the uh, Penn State 34, and they can okay. Can they they get a touchdown here? They're back in it again. Um, Mike Brown Stevens, uh, no no call interception on it. Penn State drives it down and uh, gets a gets a pass interference call uh, on Terrell Smith. To, to extend a drive and pretty much after, that was it after that get that touchdown there
0: you mentioned the uh, the Penn State everybody wants the backup quarterback we got to see like you said uh, Ethan Calicmanis play for the Gophers with with uh, Tanner Morgan out how did you think he fared in you know that tough environment obviously 107,000 fans the whiteout everything like that how, how did he acquit himself in in that start
2: he was able to to move the ball he was able to get out of uh, some pressure. You know, there are times he might have tucked and run a little bit too too quickly, but he he gives them a dimension at, at uh, with the running game that they don't have with with Jenner. And he, he has a nice arm. He had a, a really nice uh, throw on that uh, touchdown drive at the end of the first half to Lamiky Brockington, who hauled in with a nice catch in the sideline. He had a nice forty nine yarder to Mike Brown Stevens. You know, there's there's a lot there's something to work with there. There's a lot to work with there. I think.
0: Now there will be a segment of gopher fandom that says, Hey, they're four and three. Now the big 10 West is almost certainly out of reach. Any other kind of, you know, bigger aspirations beyond that are out of reach. Um, Should he keep playing even if Tanner Morgan comes back and is healthy? How do you, how do you see that debate being framed? And I imagine that's not how PJ flex sees it, but how do you see that
2: debate? Yeah, it's, it's, I think, you know, PJ is going to have to look at that too. Um, Obviously, you know. I think this week, I I would guess we'll we'll see Ethan again. I think, uh, from what I understand, uh, Tanner's still in the concussion protocol. Um, at least uh, as of yesterday, what, what uh, PJ told us. Um, you know, he's not going to tip his hand on anything. But uh, I I think he had to. Li- he like he did like what he saw saw out of Ethan. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance he starts this week again. I, I'm not ruling out Tanner completely, but. Uh, he moved the ball, uh, and they have not been moving the ball very well lately. It's not all in the quarterback, but it, that is part of it.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because it's been the Tanner Morgan show for a very long time here, and people have kind of you know openly wondered like, hey, who else is in the pipeline? Now that you get to see it, there is some some potential there, <laughs> and it, it's interesting to think about this offense with someone who can make plays with their legs a little bit more than than Tanner Morgan. That's you know he's. He's not completely immobile, but he's not a running quarterback. He doesn't really offer much of that threat, you know, in the, in the zone read and stuff like that. So, you know, that, that dimension is kind of intriguing that said, you know, you also have a guy who came back for his sixth year. So that's an interesting question to ask if, and when Tanner Morgan is cleared to play.
2: And obviously PJ is very loyal to, to his seniors, you know, that, that's going to be, it's going to be, it's not an easy decision for him. Um, I'm really, really curious to see what he's going to do going forward. Um, you know, I, I I think it's always, you know, the new shiny toy. Yeah, you, you want to see what how it works and everything. And I think there's a little bit of that too. A lot from fan base and the media.
0: Yeah, exactly. When you you reference that we might see the the, the youngster again against Rutgers. Um, you know, Rutgers in the past has been you know a pretty favorable matchup and you know not to say that they're as good as penn state or anybody like that but this is not the walkover rutgers type of team that we've seen even though this is back at huntington bank stadium they've got some they've got some things going for them this year
2: yeah they have a nice defense they, they've uh, they've they've come a long way in that in that aspect they're right now they're uh, what, uh ranked uh, six nationally against the run eighty eighty seven yards a game given up they're they're strong on, on third down defense. Um, so this is not a gimme whatsoever. And if, you know, especially with if you look back, so uh basically uh 10 points, 14 points, 17 points the last three games with a gophers offense. So it's you know, they need to uh, put more up than that to, to, to guarantee a win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see what they're what they're able to get done the rest of the way. And it's interesting that they're kind of at this point in the year where if, if it was me, I, it would be hard for me to then say, okay, well, we have all of this still left to play for, but then you go beyond Rutgers, there's a chance to beat Iowa, there's a chance to beat Wisconsin. Neither of those gimmies, obviously, you've still got Nebraska on the schedule, you know, games that will carry a certain amount of importance. Players want to win no matter what. As you think about it, like, is there any way to, from where they were to where they are now, is there any way to reframe this year? What would have to happen for you to, to reconsider this as as a successful season after kind of what expectations were when they were four and zero?
2: Yeah, I think you're gonna you're gonna have to really come run that table, or you know, go four and one, and that four and one better include Bucky and uh, and Bucky uh, Hawkeye there as wins. I mean, basically, yeah, it, it's it, right now you're at best a nine and three season, which is you know, in a way, this is kind of interesting. It, 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 they're raising the expectations here. Um, you know, two years back, nine and three might seemed pretty good, but you know, last year they, they lost four games, and basically people were talking about the two that they should have won. And yeah, the uh, he, the expectations have gone up in the program. That and that's that's what happens when you go eleven and two like they did in uh, 2019, finished finishing top ten in the country. It's it's okay. We, we like that. Please do it again. Yeah. Do
0: now, from what you understand, I mean. We watched this a little bit from, a, or at least I watched this more from a, you know, a, an invested observer, but still not a program insider. Do you under, do you get the feeling that this, at least this three week stretch, did this surprise them internally in terms of did they think they were as good as we all thought they were, or at least close to that, where they were really thinking that hey, we, we are legitimate Big Ten West contenders, or did they, did people within the program, you know, whoever whoever that might be, think ah, you know, we, we still have some questions to answer before we feel that good about ourselves.
2: Yeah, you know, they always try to stay even keel and take it, ticket. you know, that, that whole one-game championship
0: right. season
2: situation. But, yeah, I think the one that really um, kind of shook them a little bit, or I maybe mean, jolted their confidence, was the Purdue game where they made so many mistakes. Um, you know, that's basically, you know, that, that was very uncharacteristic of, the, of them. Uh, and basically, that cost them, uh, that cost them that game. Was there a little bit of, Hangover after that, I don't know. Illinois was that was more of a situation where Illinois it, it's it's a tough matchup and it has been the last two years. Uh, Illinois took the Gophers game and threw it back in their face. The ball control, uh, the big time of possession, the the uh, the stingy defense. Um, you know, Gophers. Oh, that was eight. What eighty? Remember the number? of plays, eighty six plays. They had to, they had to, they had to go against on defense. So,
0: yeah. A um, couple final thoughts for you, Randy. When you were out in uh, in Pennsylvania, you saw some hockey as well, did you not? You saw a little Penn State versus St. Thomas. How, how, how are we looking on the St. Thomas hockey front?
2: Well, that that was yeah, it was it was a nice little surprise. I had some you know, been up with some friends out there. I, I worked out there from '91 uh, to '95 for the local paper, so I had, I had some ties and decided to go to the the hockey games. Check out the Bagula Ice Arena. Very nice, uh, nice lively crowd. Very organized crowd, especially the student section. You now they're They'll, they, you know, they bang on the glass all the time. Might be my great traditionalist like me a little bit, but uh, they they do create an atmosphere there. Um, St. Thomas uh, played a pretty good game. They they had lost six two on Thursday night. Um, they had Penn State uh, in a two two tie in the third period. Goes to overtime. Uh, Tommy's hit a crossbar, and shortly after, Penn State goes down and gets the winner with twenty seconds left in OT. So it was it was a fun fun atmosphere there. It uh, it was it was. Yeah, I was impressed with that with that uh, that building, especially.
0: And more than anything, you're happy to be back in Minneapolis in one piece. I understand there was a little bit of a harrowing
2: travel adventure for you on the way back. Uh, yeah, that, that was something. It was, uh, um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, on, on the flight back, I, I flew from Harrisburg to Charlotte and the flight back from Charlotte. Uh, I thought my main problems were going to be there was a guy ahead of me, a little bit uh, inebriated and having, you know, he's having too much fun, <laughs> which, yeah. Little noisy and stuff, but anyway, who among
0: I, us I, hasn't, Randy? Who among us? Yes, hasn't?
2: exactly. Um, so uh, we're it's it's a pretty windy flight, pretty you know a lot of turbulence for pretty much the, ha- the last half of it, and we're uh, flying into Minneapolis-St. Paul airports, and um, pilots uh, taking it down for to, to land, uh, wheels go down, and, and then he immediately kicks kicks back pick, kicks the afterburst back in and takes it back up, because um, when he did when he hit down and, you know, it was a little squirrely out there. So I think he, uh, felt the crosswinds and, uh, after, uh, about, uh, you know, three or four minutes, he, uh, the pilot got on the, um, uh, the intercom and basically let the, let us all know that, yeah, we, it was, uh, the wind gusts were a little bit over the, the threshold that we wanted to uh, land it in. So he aborted that one. And so, uh, flew around for another, you know, probably about 10 minutes to, come back and uh, try it again. And it was, it was a hard landing, but it, he, he, he got us down and I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, Yeah. It was um, quite the, uh, quite the way to cap a trip.
0: I will refrain from making any uh, connections to the Gopher football season and how your flight went, but uh, I'm glad you are back safely as well um, for, for multiple reasons. And please follow Randy's coverage this weekend of Gophers versus Rutgers um randy we'll talk about that game i'm sure next week until then uh, enjoy yourself and then we'll talk soon
2: sounds good mike thanks a lot
0: good to catch up with randy johnson as always glad of course that he made it home safe from penn state it's not an easy place to get to um sometimes i've i think i've only flown in there once but it was in the winter time and it was not my favorite flight experience even if the the, uh, the atmosphere there was pretty good um I think Randy's right. In order to frame this as a successful season, um, Gophers pretty much need to run the table or come close to doing that. They've got five games left. They're four and three right now. You now, home against Rutgers on Saturday. I know we, we said Rutgers is better than maybe they have been in some of these past seasons, but Gophers are still a fourteen point favorite in this game. That that means you know people have looked at this and said they are two touchdowns better than Rutgers even after. Um, even after losing all the, you know, all these three games in a row. So opportunity to get to five and three. Then after that, they go to Nebraska, Nebraska, not having a good season. They're three and four right now, two and two in the big 10. After that, Northwestern comes here, Northwestern one and six overall. So you'd like to think that has possibilities as a win. Then Iowa comes here after that. Iowa having a terrible season as well. Iowa's three and four in the big, or three and four overall, one and three in the Big Ten. Can't score. They too have lost three games in a row. And then the big one, November twenty sixth at Wisconsin. This is not your uh, your typical Wisconsin team. They are four and four right now, two and three in the Big Ten. So revisiting that gives you the idea that if the Gophers can figure this out, they do still have a chance to you know win some trophy games feel a little bit better about themselves. But also looking at that makes you remember just what opportunity they had this year. Even if they had won just one of these last three games and were sitting there at 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten West, you could see a realistic path forward as it is right now. Even if they run the table, they don't have the tiebreaker against Illinois or Purdue. Those are the two teams at the top of the Big Ten West End. And you just can't imagine how they come, come away with anything other than a consolation prize. But you don't stop playing the games, and that was kind of the message that we heard on Tuesday from Thomas Rush over at, um, over at Gophers Football Media Access. I asked Thomas Rush, do you believe in the idea of momentum in sports, whether it's in the context of a game or a season? And, you know, it was an interesting answer, so I want to play that for you right now.
1: Yeah, so I'll tell you that, like, culturally and as a team— you know, we we don't believe in momentum, um, you know, obviously besides like the physics part of it. Uh, but no, we we don't believe, we don't believe in momentum in that aspect. And uh, truly like from a player standpoint and, and um, my view before I was even in the uh, culture with Coach Fleck, I, I thought that something like that was kind of like, why would people talk about momentum in terms of, you know, you have momentum or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Coach Fluck kind of kinda of gave me that definition and an um, understanding of why that really isn't a factor and why it doesn't really exist. And just because, you know, guys guys make plays. Your best players play their best, they make plays. Guys are detailed. Guys execute their job, their responsibility. And you know, you look at games where people say somebody has momentum, somebody doesn't have have momentum. You know, it's that's usually comes down to, you know, guys executing responsibilities and Um, You know, we often talk about, you know, winning games versus losing games, and most often teams don't really win a game, teams lose a game less. Um, And I think, you know, if you want to look at something like momentum that, you know, people talk about, um, you know, it's guys, you know, going through a game or going through their job and not executing that to a high level, right, losing the game more than the other guy.
0: Now, I appreciate that he clarified that he's not uh, anti-science, that he does believe in the idea of momentum in physics. That was kind of humorous. Um, But the bigger point being, I disagree to an extent. I've never played, obviously, high-level athletics like Thomas Rush has, but I've played enough sports to know that when you're in a game and things are starting to go against you, or even watched enough sports to see when things are going against you, it, it is hard to pull out of that. It's hard to you know, go from um, you know go from losing to winning, or you know to to stop something that's going poorly. Um, so I, I think momentum does become a real thing. Maybe it's less of a real thing if you don't let it become a thing. And I think there was the tr- the truth to what he was saying is that good players just make plays. You stop momentum by good players making good plays. Good players coming together as a team and playing well. So it's not like you can't change momentum or you can't. Change the course of how a game is going. And you know football sometimes is so back and forth, maybe it's hard to see what exactly that momentum is. But that's a real edge to me sometimes, and I don't think the Gophers have any of it right now. So how do they get that back? Thomas Rush also was asked later, not by me, by a different reporter, um, kind of like, what's left to play for? And he talked about this being kind of like their own little five-game mini championship season so I wanted to play that too since Randy and I kind of talked about what we thought would define success you
1: know you, you kind of think about all that stuff and, and it's hard to concentrate and, and you know just, just be a football player and have fun and I you know, think that's one of the ways uh, kind of going back to a couple of questions just getting back to who we are and, and having fun and just knowing that you know we're coming out to play a game and you know you can't be can't be any more grateful about that and you know all all the all the talk about you know what ifs and all that stuff um you know it doesn't it doesn't really come across to me as something that is important in terms of you know this is the week that is important to me with this game um i got to do what i got to do to get ready the rest of the guys in the room got to do what they got to do um and it's just the next game
0: now that's definitely the right attitude like i said i i feel like I'm a little hung up right now on the idea of an opportunity missed, but as a player, you can't think that way, right? There's there's still an opportunity to, you know, win some games, play football, enjoy the process of that, and that's that's really the best way to approach a game at any point, even if they had won all of these last three games that have lost them. Like you do, still have to zero in on the task at hand. Um, you know, I don't I don't know who or how, how to what extent we would classify this as a success if if they do go four and one in these next five games, finish with eight finish eight and four, win some trophy games along the way I, I don't there' still be'll still be kind of a, a wondering of what happened what if what what happened with that three game stretch? Or conversely, if they don't play well down these last, you know, down the stretch here, they go three and two, two and three, uh, worse than that, then we'll know that this team was just, you know, overcooked at the start of the year, just didn't really have what we thought they had, and uh, and are now getting uh, now getting their their uh, you know their due for how they really were. I don't know. I guess we'll see. They got five games left, a five game opportunity to see what they can make out of this season, and it starts Saturday against Rutgers. Let's finish with the cooler. Aaron Rodgers can't keep his mouth shut. Part 512 Um, went on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday um, talking about there are players on the team who, quote, are making too many mistakes, shouldn't be playing. Got to start cutting some reps, and maybe guys who aren't playing, give them a chance. Um, talking Wednesday, he said, there's nobody that had a problem with what he said. I said, I'm one of those guys that has, if one of those guys has a problem with it, I'm right here and I'd love to have a conversation. I enjoy those conversations. I enjoy any type of conflict like that because I know the resolution on the other side is going to make us a better unit, a better friendship, a better cohesion on the field. But nobody's come to me and said, I've got a problem with that, with what you said. I think everybody knows Matt included that everyone's got to take a little uptick to get a little bit better he also said um that this is nothing that he hasn't told people um you know behind closed doors uh, i think and that was the point that i thought was uh, that i thought was interesting because i feel like that's where maybe you 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 don't need to air this in public i mean like i said at the beginning of the show it's great for us but if he's already related this to his teammates what's the upside of then talking about this in public as well. I don't know. I don't know what the upside of that is. Share your feelings with your teammates. Yeah, tr- demand more excellence. Demand that you get better. Um, maybe it's just honesty. I like honesty. That's fine. I don't know if the airing of grievances in public is having the intended effect, but we'll see. We'll see what happens when they play Buffalo on uh, on Sunday night. Big underdogs in that game. I think they're like double-digit underdogs for the first time in Rodgers' career, If I think if I'm reading that right and uh that that's a that's an interesting position for them to be in after you know being on this three game losing streak. So maybe he maybe he's motivating them. I don't know. just it seems like a strange way to go about it. and maybe ultimately none of that really matters because they just don't have anybody to catch the ball. That'll do it for today. Ben Gessling will join me on Friday show to talk Vikings. some interesting stuff. We were out at uh, Vikings headquarters on Wednesday for that media access. So I got a few things I want to ask Ben about that. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Back at it again tomorrow.